We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Bern Aiken. And on tonight's episode, I will be reviewing uh, two albums. I'll be reviewing Guns N' Roses' third and fourth albums, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. But first, a little uh, history on the band. Um, So Guns N' Roses are a hard rock band from L.A., from Los Angeles, California, and they formed in 1985. The original lineup consisted of uh, frontman and lead singer Axl Rose, lead guitarist Slash, rhythm guitarist Izzy Stradlin, the bassist Duff McKagan, and drummer Steven Adler. Um, and uh, the lineups changed you know, throughout the years, but uh, when they first started, that was the original lineup. And uh, they uh, dropped their first album, Appetite for Destruction, on, uh, in July of 1987. And uh, at first, it didn't do as well as they... Um, initially hoped. Uh, and it, in fact, it wasn't until a year later, uh, and a year after its release that, uh, the album, uh, peaked. It reached number one on the Billboard 200, uh, thanks to three of the singles from the, from the album, uh, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine, and of course, Welcome to the Jungle. And, um, and it's one of the best-selling debut albums, uh, in the U.S., uh, and of all time, it's the 11th best-selling album, uh, having sold uh, exactly 30 million copies worldwide. And, um, and you know, they, they weren't really expecting, or, you know, because, uh, you know, they were kind of, you know, um, the, the uh, success of the album, you know, having, you know, come a year later, kind of threw them for a loop. You know, they, were, they weren't expecting it. So they released uh, a second album later uh, that year in 1988 called GNR lies. And, uh, it was, uh, an album consisting of some live, uh, of some, of some of their songs, but like live performances of their songs, not like studio, um, versions of their songs and, uh, and a cover of, uh, Mama Kin by, uh, Aerosmith. Uh, there was like, there were about eight songs. The album was a little over half an hour. It was 35 minutes long. And, uh, it was good. It was a good album, but uh, and then and then you know for the ne- for three years, uh, you know uh, there were no albums until uh, September seventeenth, nineteen ninety one, when they released uh, two albums back to back. They released uh, "Use Your Illusion" one and two, and um, they they debuted at number two and number one, uh, respectively, on the. Um, on the Billboard 200, and um, and yeah, it's so it's the 30th anniversary of these two albums, and um, and the and these two are other than Appetite for Destruction, these two albums are often regarded as the band's best work. So I'm going to uh, talk about it today. Oh yeah, and the band is still um, still around to this day. Uh, after these two albums, they released 19, in 1993. The Spaghetti Incident, and 15 years later, in 2008, uh, they released Chinese Democracy. And 15, almost, well, let's see, it's been 14 years 
next year it'll it'll have been 14 years they still haven't released a new album they have released a new single absurd which i personally i liked but it uh but they haven't released a new album in it's been about another 15 years so anyway hopefully they release a new one soon with them being on tour and all so um but yeah so yeah it's the 30th anniversary of these two albums and um figured I'd uh, celebrate it by discussing them. So yeah, let's get into it. So the uh, album starts off with, uh, or Use Your Illusion 1 starts off with uh, Right Next Door to Hell. And um, it's a good song. It's, uh, it's, it's a very intense, you know, attention grabbing song. Like it pulls, it pulls you in right away and gets you pumped up, you know, for what's to come you know, later on in the album. Of course, the entire album isn't completely uh, full of, you know, very intense, very fast-paced hard rock songs. I mean, it is a hard rock album, but I mean, there are slower songs, there are ballads, there are, you know, there's there's bluesy type songs and, and folk and, and elements of folk uh, sprinkled in throughout some of the songs. Uh, but yeah, this, this yeah, in my opinion, this is the perfect song to start the album off of, or I mean, off with, and, uh, and it's actually, the song is about, um, are about Axel's neighbor at the time, Gabriella Cantor, uh, (laughs) and it was, uh, she accused him at the time of assaulting her with a wine bottle and a piece of chicken, and then throwing her apartment keys over his balcony, like his 12th story balcony, the case was dismissed though because there was there wasn't enough evidence to you know for this for for there was it was an insufficient amount of evidence for the case to go through um and then his condo was eventually given away in MTV's evict axel contest <laughs> but uh but yeah the song um i it's just yeah it's just a really intense you know uh, tension grabbing song I, I love the, I love the the intro the guitar riff in the in the beginning and I especially love the drums throughout how they're like very abrasive and very um very you know booming and powerful throughout uh and I and I love I love Axel's uh he's not rapping but I mean I love I love his the speed in his voice like he's singing so fast it kind of catches you off guard for a second cuz you know he's he's going so fast you can't really tell what he's saying but but it's um but it's it's very catchy and um great opener. Uh all right, so track two. Let's see, track two, Dust and Bones. Uh this now this is a very different change in pace from uh the first song because it's a it's a little bit slower. Um and also it's uh it incorporates uh the piano too, because uh Axel uh can play the piano so there are a lot of tracks on this album and the second uh album that have him playing the piano and also uh some of the of the keyboardist uh dizzy reed uh who joined uh before who who joined uh before the use your illusion albums um it uh has him playing the keyboard throughout as well um oh and also i'd like to point out that uh yeah, uh, they fired Steven Adler shortly after Appetite for Destruction, so the only song that he plays the drums in is Civil War, which is on Use Your Illusion 2. The rest of the 
drumming on both of these albums is done by uh, Matt Sorum, who was uh, previously the drummer for the band, uh, I believe, The Cult. Let me see. Yes, yeah. He was previously the drummer for the band, The Cult. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, so this is a very uh, cool one. It it has a. Uh, it's actually it's actually cool because this song has uh, Izzy Stradlin on lead vocals in st- uh, the rhythm guitarist as opposed to Axl Rose. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a neat uh, switch up there, especially for it being the second song on the album. Um. But yeah, so. Um. It it was a good song. It, it, I mean, Axel's like providing like har- these high harmonies in the background, and he can hit those high notes, you know, almost perfectly all the time. Uh, but basically, the song focuses on the struggles of relationships, breakups, and the ever changing feelings of women. Um, and it was uh, it's just a very good, you know, just a very good slower paced song with uh, some some great piano work by Axel and great you know, vocals from Izzy and Axel, and, um, just the guitar, the drums, everything in this song's great, and, um, and like I said, it's a nice departure from the, the, its predecessor, um, let's see, uh, track three, we have Live and Let Die, which was originally a song, uh, written by Paul McCartney, it, and it was written for the 1973, uh, James Bond's, uh, yeah, James Bond film, uh, wings. So, uh, so this is a cover of that song and, um, it's a pretty good song. It's a good cover. I mean, I would, I don't know if I can really say it's a good cover because I mean, it is a good cover, but I haven't heard the original, so I have nothing to compare it to, but I mean, just on its own, you know, it's a very, you know, intense song. And, And what's funny too, is the first time I heard this song, I immediately thought when the, uh, when the solo kicked in after the, uh, between the chorus and the verse, um, I, I thought this sounds like it could have been in like, uh, a James Bond movie, you know? And then, you know, I I came to found out, I I came to find out later that it was, and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) So, so I, 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 the fact that I picked up on that right away, even though it's a cover is great. And it goes to show that, you know, despite it being a cover, they, they kind of kept true to the original, sound of, and, uh, tone and feeling of the, uh, of the, uh, of Paul McCartney's version. Um, but yeah, it's just great song, great lyrics, um, you know, great guitar, just everything. Um, nothing, nothing really much else to say about it. The lyrics are good too. Um, and yeah, good, uh, good song. Uh, track four, we have Don't Cry. Now, this is the first in a trilogy of songs whose, uh, whose messages of, whose themes of the song and whose music videos connect. Like, they all connect. There's, uh, Don't Cry and November Rain, which are both on this first album, and then Estranged, which is the last, uh, in the trilogy, and it's on, uh, Use Your Illusion 2. So, this song is a, a melodic, uh, ballad, and it is uh, a love song, and basically it um, is talking about uh, just uh, like Axel's uh, girlfriend um, 
in the song and, you know, in the music video, he's basically telling her, hey, don't cry. I still love you. You know, just, you know, if, if they're, if we're fighting, if we ever fight, you know, we, um, we shouldn't, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, we may fight every now and then, but it's fine because we'll, we'll get back together. You know, we'll, we'll make it through it. We always do. Um, and yeah, so, and, and also the song was, uh, Axel and Axel and Izzy both had, um, feelings for the same girl and this was causing like a rift in their friendship. And, um, and, uh, Axel talked to the girl. She told him, uh, she couldn't associate herself with him anymore because it was destroying other relationships. And Axel began to cry and she comforted her. And after he left, he told Izzy about it. So, um, and yeah, so, so it was really cool. Uh, I really liked that that was, um, the kind of story behind the song. And, um, and that, that, yeah, that's how the, the song came to be. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, great song, a great ballad, a great music video too. Um, kind of weird in some parts. Uh, if you, if you see it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a baby being baptized. There's like Axel's like looking at himself and in a mental, like Axel sees himself walk into his, uh, like he's in a psychiatrist's office. And then he sees himself walk in through the door and, and then his other self walks through the mirror slash crashes a car, uh, that has his girlfriend in it. They both go careening off a cliff. It's just, it's, it's, they're on a barge at one point. They're on this giant ferry, this giant ship, cargo ship. And, uh, it, but it's, it's a good song. It's, uh, and especially like, it's very melodic and soft, uh, like during the, uh, verses and then, um, and then when the chorus kicks in, the, you know, Slash comes in with the guitar, uh, with the guitar and just brings the song to another level. And it's just, it's great. Um, okay. Number five, we have perfect crime. Uh, pretty much the entire song is like right next door to hell in terms of it just being an intense, you know, fast paced, you know, kick in the face type song, you know, like just, just wake you up, you know, like that, you know, like it's, it's just you know, it's not, not really much I can say about this one other than that. It's just, it's a great song and, um, yeah, that's good lyrics too. Um, again, Axel's kind of, um, singing, you know, in a faster tone, uh, in this song than he, than he did in like, you know, live and let die or don't cry. Um, and, and also something I found interesting, um, that I'm just now finding out uh, in the bridge, when uh, Axel says T minus one oh nine and counting, uh, there is actually when he says this. Um, well, it, well, actually, wait, and it's not Axel, but it's a. Uh, actually, I'm not sure who s- says the line, but the line's spoken by a man over a PA system, and uh, as soon as he says that, the su- there's exactly one minute and nine seconds remaining in the song. So I thought that was kind of neat. I'm like, huh, uh, and I'm sure that was intentional, but. I found that particularly interesting. Uh, okay, track six, You Ain't the First. Again, another slower song. It's uh, a boozy, acoustic blues type song. Um, different different from the hard rock and the, the ballad, uh, heavy ballad that we've heard, uh, heavy ballads that we've heard, uh, you know, in the first five songs. But it's, um, 
it's it's a very it's a very good one. Uh, you you know you have Slash on the slide guitar, um, and you know Axel's vocals, you know are very good or sound very good, especially for this type of, so you know sound, and um, oh and actually uh, and Izzy Stradlin uh shares vocals uh with Axel on this song, and um, and it works just as a very interesting turn and it shows you know like like the it shows it shows uh the it shows uh that the you know the band that they were uh taking their music in a new direction like they like they could branch out and try other genres other than just hard rock you know um and i liked that uh but yeah so yeah the song's basically just about um the you know the again a kind of another relationship and it's kind of like axel saying that look i've tried to you know, make this work, but you know, you're, you were just a temper, like he says in verse two, he's like, you, you was just a temporary lover, honey. You ain't the first. Lots of others came before you woman said, but you've been the worst. You've been the worst. So like, he's like, yeah, you, you were kind of in a way he's like almost saying like, you're just a rebound. Like I was just, I was, I just hooked up with you. I was just dating you until I found someone better. And out of all the, <laughs> and he, you know, really hit, uh, hits at home, you know, uh, by saying, yeah, you've been the worst out of all the girls I've dated. And, um, yeah, which has got to, you know, if anyone tells you you've been the worst person they've ever dated, that's got to feel like a punch right in the gut. Um, like that would hit close to home. I feel like, uh, but yeah, the, a great song, great slower paced song. Um, track seven, we have bad obsession. Now this is a, a bluesy type song too, but it's a little more energetic and fast paced compared to the, uh, to the, its predecessor. And, uh, this song is tackling drug abuse and addiction, which, you know, had haunted the band since, you know, they became famous. And, uh, oh, and, uh, Michael Monroe, who was the lead singer of Hanoi Rocks, and who was a big influence on Guns N' Roses, he plays the harmonica and the tenor saxophone um, on the song. Okay. So I, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, so you've got, so it's bluesy and it's more upbeat than, uh, well, it's kind of folksy and bluesy. It's like a mixture of folks and blues. But you've got the, um, you've got him playing the harmonica and you've got the saxophone. you got Axel playing the piano and probably, probably uh, Dizzy playing the keyboard too. And, um, Axel's vocals just sound great, and um, and yeah, the song, yeah, is you know, like the chorus, it's a bad obsession, it's always messing, it's always messing my mind, and um, and yeah, and, and and you know, and throughout the song, you know, like the line, take it down into my vein, uh, I call the doctor, he's just another, he said I'm sick in the brain, you know, so it's basically just about, uh, you know, a guy going through this addiction, and it's just destroying his life, and it's, you know, hence the, and it's the, as the, the title of the song, you know, suggests a bad obsession. Uh, okay. Track eight, we have back off bitch. Now this one, uh, is more in the lines of, uh, right next door to hell or uh perfect crime in a sense that it's, it's again, like a punch in the, t you know, punch in the teeth, uh, or punch in the face rather, you know, either one, either or, uh, type of song. And, um, and it's really good. It's, uh, it's just very fast paced, very energetic. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, yeah, <laughs> it's another good one. 
Um, and it's, 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 and again, the song is basically another kind of, a relation, I mean, sort of like a relationship song. Um, but it's basically Axel, you know, and this girl are fighting or, you know, whoever the guy is in the song. I'm just gonna say Axel cause he's the one singing it, but it's, uh, it's basically Axel and this girl fighting and, you know, that's where the title of the song comes back off bitch. You know, that's where it comes from. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, I love the chorus too. Um, it kind of, it kind of, kind of almost sounds like he, uh, he says back off, back off bitch down in the gutter, dying in the ditch. It kind of almost sounds like he's, he doesn't say I'm going to leave you dying in the ditch, but the way it's, you know, said right after back off bitch, it makes it sound like he is going to, um, makes it sound like he's going to, uh, murder her, you know, like going to leave her dying in the ditch. And then of course, uh, face of an angel with the love of a witch. Like she looks pretty, but she's just a bitch, you know, like she's just cold hearted, you know, evil, manipulative, money grubbing, you know, any, any possible, you know, thing you could imagine being the worst of someone. She's that. Um, and then I just love the, uh, the post-chorus where he's going, whoa, oh, 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 whoa, whoa, oh, 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 you know, like that. And then uh, in the chorus when he's like, back off, back off, bitch. And then I love, and the guitar solo is great. And I love at the end, um, I love at the end in the chorus, uh, well, it's it's technically before the intro, or before the outro, but I love when he's like, back off, bitch, 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 bitch bitch and then like the drums and the you know and then it kind of slows down and uh i don't know just it sounds great uh <laughs> i love the intensity of the ending and then how it kind of slightly mellows out a little bit during the intro or outro when you hear uh axel say hey what do you think he's trying to say there say there anyway and um and then he says i think it's something each person's supposed to take in their own special way or actually that may not be axel saying that that may be one of the other band members but yeah, anyway, uh, great song. Um, uh, number nine, Double Talking Jive. Again, another one that's pretty much, you know, right after right after that one is pretty much hard rock. Very, um, um, very fast-paced, energetic. And uh, Izzy wrote the song, interesting fact, he, he wrote it after police found human body parts in a garbage can near their recording studio. Um and it's in and, and to me the song's like a wonderful mixture of like the energy from their debut album appetite for destruction and the experimentation of you know these two albums uh <clears throat> excuse me and uh yeah it's just a very fast paced energetic song um and it's just uh yeah and you can kind of tell throughout the song you know like it's it's kind of about this uh criminal because it's like double talking jive get the money mother effa you know because <laughs> i got no more patience double talking lies no more patience man um and you know and, and it's just it's cool and and i love the uh i love how it kind of switches up at the end it it again it, the, go, going into the experimentation of these two albums or talk you know talking about the experimentation of these two albums at the end, it, you know, th- we have this, you know, hard, you know, electric guitar throughout the entire song. But then at the end, the song starts to fade out. And in con- and what fades in is a flamenco style guitar. So we get a flamenco style guitar solo by Slash at the end. And, um, and, and I thought that was really, like, it took me off, it caught me off guard for a minute. I'm like, oh, it's 
ending. And then, and then that comes in. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a interesting addition to the song. So, <laughs> uh, okay, track ten, November Rain. Everyone knows this song. It's probably the most popular song, uh, other than maybe Live and Let Die. This is probably the most popular song on this album in particular. But it's uh, it's the second uh, song in the trilogy of songs. Um, you know, telling the one story, and yeah, it's uh music video for it's great, but it's, uh, it's basically continuing the story of, uh, of the first song, and in this one, and you can kind of hear, you kind of tell in the song, but especially in the music video, it's basically, you know, Axel saying, he'll love this girl forever, you know, I'll love you, yeah, I'll love you forever, um, so, you know, try not to be distant, because I'll always love you, and we can always work out any problems we have, um, you know, and and in the chorus, he's like, if you want to love me, darling, don't refrain, or I'll just end up walking in the cold November rain. And, you know, and he asks her, do you need some time on your own? Everyone needs some time on their own. Um, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to keep an open heart when, uh, even the ones you love the most and are closest to you seem like they're out to, you know, cheat you and rob you and harm you in any way possible. Um, and then he's like, well, you, you know, and it's just, it's a very, a very sweet, very nice, you know, love song. It's, you know, it's, and it's a very nice ballad, just, you know, epic grand ballad with the, the backing vocals, the, the, the female, the backing vocalists and, you know, the orchestra and the orchestra, you know, it's just, it's a very, it's very, it sets the tone. The beginning sets a, the, a very great tone, the instrumental in- intro and uh for you know it sets a great tone for the rest of the song and and so far on the album it's the longest song it's uh just under 9 minutes it's 8 minutes 57 seconds but uh but yeah in the music video you know uh Axel the girl that Axel fell in love with in Don't Cry yeah he gets engaged to her they get married um everything seems to be going well and then shortly after the wedding it, it doesn't specify you know cuz it's a music video doesn't specify how long it is after the wedding, but, you know, she ends up committing suicide and she has a half-closed casket funeral. Like, half her face is closed off and the other half's open. And then, you know, we see, and and throughout this, and other than the wedding and the engagement and the, you know, him grieving her death, we also see the band performing the song in a in a opera house. And, you know, we see a conductor, you know, orchestrating the orchestra and we see Axel on the piano decked out in this like red leather jacket and the bandana and he's going ham on the piano at the end I love that and I love that too because at the end uh it sounds like it's over and there but there's like a dip in the song um and uh, kind of like uh Tom Jones's What's New Pussycat has that dip in the middle you know um this song has a dip not at the middle but it's almost like a uh it's it's like in, in the last two three minutes of the song and um and and then you know and and that's where the uh slash comes in with the the electric guitar and you know Axel starts saying you know starts singing don't you think that you need someone everybody needs somebody you're not the only one that and that's the outro is uh him saying that uh, him saying that over and over and um and yeah it's just uh it's a great song and um and you can see you know you can see him kind of starting to become uh you can and, and and him playing the piano, you can interpret that as him going mad over the loss of his girlfriend because he starts like dragging his fingers across the, the piano 
towards the end of the song and the fact that he keeps repeating don't you think that you need somebody don't you think you need that you need someone everybody needs someone you're not the only one the fact that he keeps repeating it over and over it's like him trying to tell himself you know through his writing process you know through him writing that in the song like hey you need someone you know you're you're going crazy you know over the fact that your wife killed herself and you loved her very much and you know how are you going to live with it and then at the end of course we see uh Axel you know he's like taking some meds and he's like just you know again depressed and losing his shit because he lost his one true love and um we just see him like jolt up out of bed while it's raining outside and just like in a panicked sweat and yeah the whole song's great and the music video is great too um and then of course we end with rain like sound effects of a of a rain at the end uh, but yeah, so, okay, so on to the next six tracks, uh, or the final six. Okay, so track 11, we have The Garden. Uh, this song is, uh, really cool. Uh, it's, it's, uh, again, it's kind of a mix of that, uh, you know, punch in the face, energetic style, and, um, uh, and a mixture of the, you know, softer, uh, you know, calmer, uh, you know, side of, of, you know, what we've heard from the song so far. And, um, and interestingly, it's got, um, we have, uh, some guest vocals. We have some vocals from, uh, Alice Cooper and Shannon Hoon on this. Um, and of course, and the lyrics are uh, tackling drug use and addiction and the perspective shifts between the verses and chorus. It, uh, it kind of contract, like I said, you know, the, the, the fact that the, uh, chorus or wait, not the chorus, uh, the fact that the verses sung by Axel are like the softer kind of piano driven, uh, songs or, or the fact that Axel's verses are the slower piano driven parts of the song. And then Alice comes in with the, um, with the chorus and the electric guitar, you know, kind of ramping up the, um, the song kicking into high gear. Uh, you know, it, it kind of, uh, is a nice contrast between, the highs and lows one often feels when they're on drugs. Like, cause like when you take the drug, you're, you know, like I said, you know, electric guitar, well, you know, you're immediately like, you know, energetic and hyped up and, you know, feel like you could take on the world. And then when, when you, you crash, you know, you, uh, you feel low and you feel like a piece of shit, you know, which is, which I, I like how the, the verse and chorus is, you know, uh, contrast with that. And, um, and the garden, the term, the garden, can be considered a physical metaphor for the mental place you go to when you're high or hallucinating. Um, so, yeah, so that's a great song. Um, track 12 uh, also has garden in the title. It's called uh, Garden of Eden. And um, and it's, uh, it's a very fast-paced, energetic song. Probably Axel's... He's... Uh, it's one of the shortest songs on the album, clocking in at like two minutes forty one seconds, um, and it uh, it's very <laughs> it's a very interesting song. It's uh, it's probably Axel singing at his like quickest, like his most fast paced singing in the entire album, at least so far. And um, and there's a bunch of different the lyrics. There's some interesting lyrics here, but there's a bunch of different uh, themes that and issues that the song maybe not tackles, but like mentions and like brains up like, uh, 
like in the fourth verse, uh, most organized religions make a mockery of humanity or governments are dangerous and out of control. And, um, I just, I love the, I, I love all the different, uh, things that the song talks about. And I just, I just love like, like the fast paced energy and instrumentation and the, and Axel singing in the song. And, um, and I love the music video too, cause it's just one continuous shot of like, it's like, uh, Axel was like a kid, uh, standing in front of an ATM or standing in front of a security camera and, and, uh, basically just dancing around. Like, that's what it is. It's Axel singing and like, he's in the foreground and there's, it's like a weird low angle shot, but he's like singing and dancing sporadically. And then you and you know, you see Slash and, and Duff and, um, and Matt and the others, uh, playing their instruments on the side and in the background. And, and then, uh, during the chorus, you have Duff and Slash providing some backing vocals, uh, which, you know, uh, add, uh, something nice to the song. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's very fast paced, good song. Um, and yeah, nothing, nothing else really to say about it. Uh, okay. Track 13, Don't Damn Me. Uh, this is, um, Again, has a, a lot of um, lyrics to unpack here, and uh, but it's just it's very uh, it's very fast paced as well. It's got some excellent drumming, uh, especially right before the um, especially right when the chorus kicks or right before the chorus kicks in, and um, great guitar work from Slash as always. Um, but yeah, just just some very fascinating you know, lyrical content, um, you know, uh, don't damn me when I speak a peace of mind cause silence isn't golden when I'm holding it inside. Um, you know, be it a song or a casual conversation to hold my tongue speaks of quiet reservations. Uh, you know, it's just, there, there, there's so much to unpack in this song. Um, you know, how can I ever satisfy you and how can I ever make you see that deep inside we're all somebody and it don't matter who you you want to be, you know. It, it, there's just a lot to this song, um, you know, in regards to like, you know, kind of being true to yourself, and not letting and you know, kind of, yeah. Basically, when it, you boil it down, it, it's like basically saying being true to be true to yourself and don't let anyone else tell you that you can't uh, speak your mind, yeah, or you know that you don't have a right to your opinion, you know, or don't let anyone put you down for speaking your mind and, um, voicing your opinion. Um, so yeah, it's just great throughout. Uh, okay. Coming up on the last three tracks, we have track 14, bad apples. Um, great piano work. Um, kind of a slower paced song in parts, but then it kicks in, uh, during the chorus and, um, and it has, and it, again, uh, like I said, like I mentioned with the piano or cause the piano's in the song, it, um, there's a country bluesy feel to to the song and um and also there's a southern accented dialogue uh spoken by rose and um and it's just um uh, you know it it kind of his accent is 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 he kind of speaks in a southern accent when he's singing the song but it's uh it's great as well uh okay track 15 dead horse uh second to last track uh, personally, one of my favorites on the album, um, probably one of their un- more underrated songs, but, uh, the song is basically talking about, um, and it's based on the expression, uh, beating a dead horse, 
the song's basically talking about trying to rebuild rebuild uh, yourself after a failed relationship. And uh, it starts off, the, the song starts and ends with an acoustic section, and it it's, uh, features a guitar riff written by Axel. And, um, and, and the song, it was never released as a single commercially, but it was sent to radio stations and they even made a music video for it. So, but yeah, I love, I love the intro and outro cause yeah, it does start off very, it's just Axel playing the guitar or slash playing the guitar. What one of them playing the, yeah, slash playing the, the acoustic guitar and Axel singing. And it's kind of like muffled almost as if like he, it was like him being recorded and like on a camera and then you hearing the audio from that instead of, you know, him right next to the mic. Um, it doesn't sound bad. It just, it, it sounds unique. It sounds interesting. Um, so yeah. Uh, so that's cool. And then, like I said, uh, the chorus kicks in and, you know, throughout the entire song, it's very energetic and fast paced. And then the outro again, uh, ends with, uh, the acoustic guitar and Axel's kind of muffled faded vocals. And, uh, and then we hear like, uh, this weird tape rewinding almost as if like they're rewinding the track back to the beginning. And, um, I thought that was a a weird, but neat touch. Uh, okay. So the last song track 16 coma, it's, uh, currently, and it, it probably, I mean, you know, it stands to be, uh, guns and roses longest song clocking in at 10 minutes and 14 seconds. And there's no chorus. This song is just entirely, um, you know, just, no, no chorus at all, which I think is pretty cool. And uh, lyrically, the song is one of their heaviest, and it's talking about the effects of self-destruction, being suspended deep in a coma, and considering suicide. So it's basically like Axel's in a coma, and he's debating whether or not he wants to get out of it because he doesn't have to deal with the drudgery of everyday life. And of course, we throughout the song, we hear a heart, a heart monitor and heart, his heart beating. And then we hear an interlude from like the doctors saying, okay, we got to revive him. You know, let's, let's go, let's go. And, um, and then we get an interlude from, uh, another interlude from the doctor. And then the third one we get, uh, like Axel, like, a, I don't know if it's like one girlfriend of his, but it's like several, it's, it could, it's probably almost supposed to, uh, supposed to be several different girlfriends of his talking like kind of nagging him at the same time. So it's like him slow. It's like him slowly fading in and out and then realizing, Oh yeah, I may not want to come out of my coma because I don't have to deal with, you know, the heartache and, and just the, well, like I said, the drudgery of everyday life. And, um, but yeah, just everything about the song's great. The guitar, when that kicks in the drums and, uh, it's just a great closing song. And the fact that, yeah, like I said, it's their longest song, over a little over 10 minutes and that's the song they chose to end the album on is fantastic and it has some of their best lyrics too uh okay so with that being said i'm going to end right here the the my review of the first album and uh and i will get back in a second to talk i will be back in a second to talk about uh user illusion 2 and i'm back okay so uh now let's move on to use your illusion 2 so we start off with uh, Civil War, and um, it's uh, it's a very it, it has a very uh, interesting opening. We have a spoken intro from uh, Cool Hand Luke, uh, the prison guard Struther Martin. Uh, we get uh, a famous scene uh, or uh, an audio clip from a famous scene in the movie, 
Um, and then we get, uh, and then interspersed with that, we get, uh, I don't know who's whistling it, but it may be Axel, but we get, uh, someone whistling when the saints go marching in. Um, and then, you know, we get the guitar and the guitar kick and the guitar kicks in, uh, not, not very heavy, but it's just slow at first, but it, uh, you know, it kicks in and then we get the intro and then, um, and the verse kicks in and, and that, and that's, or, and then when the verse starts, uh, that's when, uh, you know, it really kicks into high gear, you know, the guitar, the electric guitar goes, goes wild or slash goes wild on the electric guitar and the drums. And, and actually, yeah, this is the song that, uh, Steven Adler, the only song on these two albums that he was a part of that, that this was him drumming on this song, not, uh, his replacement, Matt Sorum. Um, fun fact. Uh, so yeah, so basically, yeah, the song, you know, it's, uh, it's great. And then of uh, of course we have the, uh, outro, um, and and we have some great piano work too, again, but, uh, uh, courtesy of Axel. And, uh, we get the, the guitar kind of winding down at the end, and then of course we have Axel saying, what's so civil about war anyway, you know, and then we hear, and then the whistling from the saints go marching home, uh, that comes back in. And then we hear thunder, thunder, a thunderstorm rumbling, um, at the end. And, uh, but yeah, it's just a great song, basically kind of, uh, kind of basically just, you know, uh, Axel kind of giving his thoughts on war and how it kind of, uh, people can be hypocritical when it comes to war and, uh, and how it kind of, you know, you, it, like in the chorus, he says it feeds the rich and it buries the poor. And, uh, it's basically, you know, like him saying, oh yeah, well, a lot of politicians, they just, or, and a lot of leaders just lead, uh, they don't actually fight the wars they're a part of. They just send the soldiers out to die and, and that's it. And, you know, and, uh, and he's like, I never fell for Vietnam and, you know, you can't trust freedom when it's not in your hands, when everybody's fighting for their promised land. And, uh, just, there's just some really deep, very interesting, lyrics to think and dissect in this one. Um, you know, like as the war goes on and the years go by with no love of God or human rights, you know, uh, just, yeah, the song's fantastic, great lyrics, very deep, philosophical, interesting lyrics. And it's, uh, and it's a pretty long song for the opener. It's seven minutes, 43 seconds. Um, so yeah, so, uh, track two, 14 years, uh, this song was, um, it's pretty good. It, uh, it's basically talking about how this, uh, relationship that, uh, Axel, uh, or no, actually, wait, no, Izzy sings on this one. Okay. It's basically kind of like this, uh, relationship that Izzy's been in and, um, and he's, you know, he's been, it's like, he's been, uh, in this relationship for 14 years and, um, and it, it, you know, it's just, it's gotten out of control. Oh, wait, no, no, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, not a relationship. It, it was, uh, it's, it's a reference to Izzy and Axel's friendship. So it's been 14 years, um, of the, of, uh, them being friends and it, uh, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it's just basically detailing their friendship and, um, and it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. And, and I love too, uh, since it's, it's since it's about their friendship, I love how Axel joins Izzy uh, on the, uh, chorus of this song. Um, they, their, their voices both complement each other really well. 
and um and yeah the song's basically just talking about that and talking about how you know their their girlfriends may come and go girlfriends girls will come and go but this what they have their friendships for life and you know let's not try to let anyone come between that especially a girl and um yeah catchy song uh kind of a slower paced one uh good piano work too uh track three we have yesterday's and um very great powerful voice uh or vocal work from axel um and it's basically yeah uh axel kind of mourning uh you know uh yesterday and saying like oh yeah there's so many things that i wanted to say and i couldn't and you know it's it's kind of you know basically talking about yeah let's try to um you know like like so so much so much is going to happen in life uh you know i'm growing older yesterday well no actually it's not him pining for yesterday it's really just kind of him being glad that yesterday's gone um and um just you know but but hoping that things will get better in the future you know he's like oh yeah yesterday wasn't really that good but you know let's hope that things get uh better um and yeah there's a great drum beat in the song great piano it's um and there's an air of melancholy that lingers around the song and um and yeah it's basically just Axel talking about the in impermanence of everything you know how how everything isn't permanent how everything changes and um and it's basically just him like deconstructing the struggle of achieving like growth like personal growth and uh and also while constantly being nostalgic about the past you know kind of just reliving in the past uh but yeah great song too uh now track four we have the uh single or i mean not the single we have the second and and last uh cover uh this was a the uh knocking on heaven's door this was a cover of a bob dylan song for the soundtrack to the 1973 film pat garrett and billy and the kid um or wait uh i mean it would yeah, yeah, no, that that's the whole title. Sorry, I thought <laughs> I thought it was two titles for a second. But yeah, the, so this song was yeah written by Bob Dylan for that film, and um, and uh, Guns N' Roses version is featured in the nineteen ninety film Days of Thunder. So the song is basically about an officer who accidentally shot a kid and is dying, maybe from suicide, and uh, hoping he gets led into heaven, hence knocking on heaven's door. He knocks because he thinks he needs permission to enter here instead of hell. And, um, yeah, so, so yeah, and, and, and it's probably most likely from suicide because, uh, the officer maybe feels guilty about shooting the kid because he didn't mean to, he just, the kid was, you know, at the, he was just at the wrong place, wrong time, officer got caught off guard, he didn't notice, and he just feels, he's just so just filled with regret and sadness that he takes his own life, or tries to, and that's why, yeah, he's like knocking on heaven's door, but yeah, there's some great backing, vocalists some female vocalists in the in the chorus uh there's this uh this interlude where um uh from josh richmond who let's see what was that from he worked with guns and roses okay he he directed uh music videos for the band he directed the music video for the band's cover song live and let die and um and since he was a friend and an, and a spot and a, 
and an aspiring actor, he landed the spoken word cameo on the song. So, um, but yeah, so, th- so that was cool. But yeah, we get us uh, a little spoken word cameo from, uh, one of the, you know, one of their friends. We get the, the backing vocalists in the chorus, you know, the female vocalists along with Axel. And then of course we get Axel's vocals where, you know, he, he kind of goes into the lower registered voice where he's like, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Hey, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> if you've, if you've listened to Guns N' Roses, you know how he has that, like, he has like several different voices and, and each one he sings like wonderfully in, but, but you know, he, he, you know, like two of the main ones he uses, he, he has that like deep, like baritone voice almost. And then he has that not falsetto, but like that really high nearing falsetto voice. And and it's more, and and, you know, and then the scratchy, the high pitched scratchy voice kind of, uh, and it's just, you know, it's, uh, yeah, he just, he's, it's great. And the whole song's great. The guitar solo from slash. Excellent. Uh, okay. Track five, get in the ring. Uh, this song is great too. Uh, it's, um, basically, uh, a message for, from Guns N' Roses to the, uh, journalists, the rock and roll journalists of the early nineties who were, according to Rose, they were spreading lies about the band for publicity and ripping off the fans with what he claimed were bullshit stories. Um, and he even calls out, uh, several critics by name in the song, including, uh, Andy Secker, uh, Mick Wall and Bob Guccione Jr. I apologize if I'm butchering any of those names. Um, and also the song is notorious for the amount of swearing in it, uh, <laughs> which I'm not going to get into, uh, but, uh, but it's, you'll, you'll know it when you hear it. And, uh, yeah, but you can hear, you know, you hear the, uh, there's all these nice little touches in the song from, uh, you can hear the, a crowd, uh, at like a, what I'm assuming is like a wrestling match in the background. You hear the bell, the ringing of the bell, um, the guitar and the guitar works great. Uh, you hear the crowd chanting, get in the rain at, towards the end. And, um, and, and that's, well, that's, yeah, that's in the outro. And, uh, but right before they chant, get in the rain, I'm pretty sure this is Axel saying this, but you have the announcer, quote unquote, the announcer saying, and in this corner, weighing in at 850 pounds, guns and roses, you know, and it's basically like the two people in the rain are guns and roses, the band, you know, Axel and the rest of the bandmates and the, their critics, Basically saying, yeah, we'll take you guys on. We don't care, you know. Um, you know, you quit quit being so critical, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great song. Okay, uh, track six, Shotgun Blues. Uh, again, it's kind of a bluesy... Uh, I mean, I guess that should be obvious from the title. <laughs> but it's a, another bluesy song. And uh, it's thought to either be about the media or Vince Neil of Motley Crue after an incident that occurred between Neil and Izzy and Axel at the, uh, 1989, uh, MTV VMAs, the music video or video music awards. And, um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's another, I don't know. It's, it's another great song too. It's, um, it's, it's very, it's very fast paced and energetic as well. And, um, I guess it's not really as bluesy as I thought. Maybe, yeah, it's not It's not as bluesy. I mean, there's a little bit of elements of blues, but it's mostly, yeah, hard rock. You know, not, knock your teeth in energy to it. And, um, yeah, it's just another great song. And, yeah, and that's pretty much what the song kind of was inspired about. 
was that was that incident. Um, not much to say on that one, but another good one. Uh, track seven, we have Breakdown. Uh, this was one of the most distinguishable songs on the album because it opens with a banjo, um, which is pretty interesting. And uh, there's a five-string banjo tuned to guitar uh, because apparently, because according to Slash, he didn't know anything about a banjo. Um, and it's something he wrote off the cuff when Axel came up with the, the piano part you hear in the song. And, um, but yeah, it was one of the most, according to him, it was one of the most complicated songs on the album to record because there was, they had to sync up, they had difficulty syncing up the banjo, drum, and piano parts. And apparently at one point, Matt Sorum quote unquote lost it a couple times trying to get the drums just right. And, um, but yeah, basically the song, the lyrics, lyrical content, it's, it's basically discussing, uh, reflecting on betrayal and the fact that there's, there's always it's always darkest before the, the, what's this expression? It's always darkest before the dawn. Like there's a rainbow around every corner, you know, it's basically, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Um, and, uh, this, and Rose Axel speaking a monologue in the song. And that's taken from the movie, the 1971 movie vanishing point spoken by DJ super soul Cleavon little while the police chase the protagonists Dodge challenger. Um, so yeah, it's it's another good song. It's uh seven minutes, so it's it's about the length of the opening song on the album Civil War. And um But it's it's another kind of fast paced song and it's just it sounds really good. Uh okay, track eight we have Pretty Tied Up, parentheses, the perils of rock and roll decadence. And um and this one this one's more bluesy. It's got the piano and the um and you have a, a corral or a choral, choral sitar, played by Izzy Stradlin, and, um, and that basically the, uh, <laughs> the lyrics were inspired by an encounter he had with the dominatrix and her client, and, um, yeah, so it was, uh, it's, it's, it's a good song, it's, uh, like I said, the piano and the chorus is, uh, is catchy, and, um, and just, the whole song flows together well, and uh, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's the perfect length, and uh, I mean none of the songs really do overstay their welcome. But I, I don't know. I just felt like saying that about that one. Um, yeah, and th- and that's where the 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 dominatrix part. That's where the pretty tied up part comes from. The, that's where that part of the title comes from. Uh, okay, track nine. We have locomotive parentheses complicity, um, or locomotive if you'd rather. And uh, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. It's so there's so many different uh, interesting uh, things about it, but I, I really love the like weird vocal effect that's on Axel's voice and like the register he's singing at, uh, where he's like, uh, or at least in the verses, like he 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 picks uh, up his register a little bit uh, in the bridge and the chorus, um, or the yeah the pre-chorus and the chorus, and uh, but yeah, there's just. It, it, there's so many different uh it's like a a roller coaster of a song there's just so many different points in the song where it changes and it uh it's just great the guitar solos the the little breakdown during the chorus with the the drums and uh and um axel slash and i think izzy or maybe it's just axel i, I think it may just be axel they just like recorded him singing in a, his lower register and his higher register and they just played them both back to back but but regardless, 
it sounds great in the chorus, and then the drums, the do-do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do, and then do-do-do-do-do-do, and, uh, well, I'm not doing it justice, but you, you'll hear it, if, when you hear the, uh, song, you'll know it, and, um, it, it sounds really great, uh, the, and the way, he's not singing, like, super fast-paced, like he was in Right Next Door to Hell, or Don't Damn Me, from the previous album, but he's singing just fast enough, where it's like, what is he saying, you know, like, and, and yeah, the, uh, again, some great lyrical content in um, in this song. And there's a great, and like I said, there's another, there's a great breakdown solo at the end and with the outro where he's like, love's so strange. And it's like really trippy and out there. And uh, it's, yeah, one of my favorites. Uh, okay, track nine, we have So Fine. And this is a love song written and sung mainly by a bassist, Duff McKagan, as an homage to Johnny Thunders. And, um, and that, yeah, so it's a love song. Uh, if I, if I, it seems like I'm rushing some, I'm just making sure I go through all of them, but yeah, it's a great song as well. Um, you know, and, uh, and Axel, oh, and Axel, uh, is, does sing some in the refrain. He, he and Duff sing a little bit in the refrain and they do a great job. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. And, uh, so yeah, great love song. Uh, track 11, Estranged, probably my favorite song on the album. And uh, the music video is great too. And it's the third and final music video of the trilogy. And uh, it's it was actually their most expensive music video to record. It was like reported reportedly like $14 million to record it. And uh, <laughs> or, I mean, to, to shoot it and everything. And, uh, and you can kind of, you can kind of tell in the music video uh, but that's, that's really where the, the end of, of the, when the band kind of everyone left except Axel, uh, of course they're all back now or well, Slash and Duff are, and, and then there's a few new people, but, uh, that's really where the band kind of started to dissolve, uh, or the rest of the members sort started to leave because they felt like Axel, his, his visions for the band were too ambitious and, you know, they spent, I mean, $4 million on one music video. So obviously it was a little it was getting a little too, he was getting a little too grand in his vision, you know, so, but yeah, it's, uh, the last song, uh, of the trilogy, it's just, it's, and it, and again, it's a roller coaster of a song too, because, uh, you know, you got the very soft, you know, uh, chorus, um, you know, the Axel scenes with the piano and his voice sounds phenomenal, right here, it's probably some of his best, some of his best vocals, vocal work in any of their songs, um, he just sounds so vulnerable, and so just depressed, because of, you know, the events that happened, and don't cry in November rain, and you can just hear it in his voice, and then, and then in the chorus, it picks up, and he's, you know, trying to get better, I mean, you can tell that, you know, he's getting a little bit more into the song, he's getting a little bit more energetic, uh, you know, and it's just, the whole song's great, and it's uh, basically, the, and this song is basically just about, you know, like I said, since it's the last song in the trilogy, it's basically about him trying to move on from her death and finally accepting that, you know, she's gone. I shouldn't beat myself up about it. I shouldn't try to kill myself over it. I should just move on. Um, but yeah, so another great song. Okay, coming up on the last three, track 12, You Could Be Mine. This song was in uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It was the opening song in that album. But, I mean in that movie, it was the opening song, but it wasn't actually, uh, interesting fact, it wasn't in the soundtrack 
for the movie. So not sure why, but uh, go figure it. <laughs> but uh, but it's a it's another love song, and um, yeah, just great lyrics, great guitar work, just. Not not much to say about it, but it's it's a good song. Five minutes, forty five seconds, forty four seconds. Um, great, good work. Uh, okay, so yeah, don't cry. Oh, yeah, track thirteen. We have an alternate version of "Don't Cry," and the only thing that differs from this version and the version the original from "Use Your Illusion One" are the vocal tracks, uh, and even then, only in the verses. Uh, the chorus stays pretty much the same. Uh, however, in those verses, not only are the words entirely different, but the meter and melody of the song are slightly different too. You'll hear it when you, when you, uh, when you hear it or you'll know it when you hear it, but yeah, not, not much to say about that one. Cause it's just, like I said, an alternate version of that song. So I'm not going to dwell on it too long. Uh, and then, okay. The last song track 14, my world. And this one is really, it was Axel experimenting with industrial and rap influences and uh, it was recorded in three Axel. I mean, sorry, three hours. And according to Axel, it was written while they were under the influence of mushrooms. <laughs> so they pretty much wrote it while they were high. They pretty much just wrote it when they were just high off their asses and just said, "Hey, let's just slap this on at the end." Uh, and it's only a minute and a half, so it's the short. It's their shortest song, not on this album, not just on this album, but overall. And it's not a bad song. I mean, a lot of people hate it, but I I actually liked it because it was so weird and different from what they usually do, but it's, um, it's pretty good. I liked it. And, um, yeah. So overall, yeah, I love both of these albums to me. They're almost on, they're all, they're on par pretty much with appetite for destruction as their best material. I really like all the albums I've heard. The only one I haven't heard all the way through is the spaghetti incident, but even then I still love that album too. So, uh, but yeah, so 30 years ago, you know, that just about does it. Um, you know, if you haven't, um, listened to these two albums, I highly recommend them. And, um, yeah, Uh, happy 30th anniversary, you know, use your illusion one and two happy 30th. Uh, so with that being said, I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will see you guys next week for another music review of another album that turns 30, uh, as well, uh, next Friday. So, um, I will see you then. Take care.